New Zealand might be small, but man, we're innovative. And I think about the things that my team come up with and I think, oh, there's no way we could do that. That's something that I expected a big global portal to do. But actually, you know, they, they really think it through and they, and they work out a way to do it. And I love that about the Kiwi the spirit. It's, sort of, it's just really exciting to be part of that. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Well, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain, and today we have a special guest on the show, Sarah Wood, who is the Chief Executive at realestate.co.nz. Welcome along. Great to have you on the show for the first time, Sarah. Thank you for having me here. Uh, Maybe you can fill listeners in a little bit on where you fit into this big, wide world of tech, innovation and, and business here. Uh, absolutely. So I'm running the realestate.co.nz uh, platform. So I've been there for four years and our focus has really been on evolving um, the platform, the the website itself, um, the digital experience, uh, mobile apps, and actually really adding some innovation to the work that we do. Great. Oh, we'll look forward to uh, hearing more about that during the show. Uh, before we delve into sort of the, the local and, and global news topics, a big thank you to our show partners, to 1NZ, 2 Degrees, Spark, HP and Gorilla Technology. Really appreciate their support, uh, not only of the New Zealand Tech Podcast, um, but of the broader tech and innovation ecosystems here in New Zealand. So looking uh, looking locally, uh, there's always a, a fair bit sort of you know going on when it comes to the, uh, the the tech world in New Zealand. But a couple of things that um, I guess caught caught the attention uh, this week. One is um, the Aotearoa Aerospace uh, Academy, and um, look, this just seems like a a really good thing to see um, that uh, aerospace you know New Zealand. Uh, launching, and uh, this is is something that's uh, is headed up uh, by uh, Miranda Saitawait, if I've pronounced that correctly, um, and she's uh, trained in NASA centers and in the US, um, and you know range range of experience there um, that is going to, I guess, you know, help our uh, youngsters in New Zealand to uh, to to get inspired and and get some. Uh, some learning that will help them, you know, potentially uh, become, you know, involved in, in working in the the aerospace and and the space uh, sector uh, in New Zealand in the in the longer term. So yeah, we're exciting to see these sort of new initiatives that will, you know, help, uh, you know, foster that that future that we want for New Zealand, where we're more uh, more of our people are are able to work in those kind of innovative uh, areas and, and areas where. We need more uh, skills in order to grow our export revenues, and of course, they're they're good from you know all sorts of perspectives. It is really exciting to see, and I think as as well, New Zealand is such uh, New Zealanders are so creative in the way that they think, and the way that they problem solve, and it's neat to see that kind of investment uh, in New Zealand and giving Kiwis that opportunity. You know, I think. Younger people, as they head into uh, the big wide world today, and what they do after school, after university, to have more industries like that, in New Zealand is just brilliant. Like it keeps Kiwis here. Yeah, um, and not too far away now, September is the uh, New Zealand Aerospace uh, Summit coming up in uh, in Christchurch. So, uh, if that's an area of interest, then you, you should get uh, get registered. Uh, one other thing that uh, that caught my attention was um, RNZ providing some coverage around Australian uh, police suspending use of a vehicle tracking system that gets used here um, in New Zealand. 
uh, by police. And um, that you know, there's a bit of details on you know why this you know why this uh, happened uh, in in Australia and and the um, you know company behind it. Um, Aura, who um, A U R O R, if anyone's wanting to uh, look look them up. Um, so yeah, local uh, local business, and um, this you know this is technology for for tracking vehicles through license plate recognition. Um, but the the image actually that was at the top of the story kind of caught my attention because it's something that I've been noticing recently is more and more sort of street corners and even even not on the street corner, just in the middle of it. You know, as you're walking along, you just do see so many cameras. And, you know, my understanding is what's what happened here in Australia was that things had kind of maybe moved a little bit too, too fast in terms yeah. of implementing technology and it hadn't gone through the appropriate sort of, you know, checks and balances, you know, be higher up in the organisation. And I guess as we see this sort of proliferation on, you know, varying surveillance technologies, there's a whole bunch of risks in terms of, well, what happens mm. with this data? How long is it being kept? Are all the entities that are involved complying appropriately? And, you know, I guess if we we if look at cybersecurity, I mean, in that era, it's very, very hard to to keep things as secure as they should be. All sorts of reasons why organisations sort of fall behind. Uh, and we've seen so many sort of privacy breaches with past cyber incidents. So I sort of feel like it's time that we started talking a bit more okay, around okay. all these cameras that, yeah. we, that we see and... You know, it's like, well, is there somewhere you can go online and look up and go, what is this camera? There's a camera out. It might be outside your house. Uh, it could be outside your workplace. Just understand, well, whose camera is it? What's it being used for? How long's the data stored for? You know, we'd need that sort of, mm. you know, tra- transparency because uh, if it's if it's not there, you know, I guess the chance of things being managed appropriately and the appropriate sort of governance practices in place are, you know, are probably less likely to be uh, happening. The speed of change is just phenomenal at the moment around the world, um, and especially in the tech space. And you know, I, I do think that there is um, there's definitely going to be pressure on the government to, you know, look at how quickly they turn around different, whether it's legislation or just oversight, to try and ensure things are managed properly. And there is obviously a big onus on on business as well to make sure they're actually they are doing the right thing by by consumers and by people, you know, and making sure that the, you know, the the data privacy laws and rules are really being adhered to uh, in a really way that, you know, way that's thoughtful and really ethical. Yeah, look, it's going to be a journey. Uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, challenges with getting the legislation and things to I kind of so. line up and, and, to, and to suit everybody. And, you know, one of the other uh, things we've been reading about is regulation in, in China and, uh, you know, the guidance that they've been putting in place around, uh, you know, some of these things and versus New Zealand versus uh, UK and Australia and Europe with sort of GDPR, there's kind of yeah. all sorts of moves in, in different uh, directions. And, uh, you know, in some places we're seeing, you know, moves that might be very, very fast from a government perspective. Um but in terms of what governments are sometimes enacting, uh, might not really line up with kind of what's what's good and 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 appropriate for uh, the the broader populace uh, in some cases, and you know in other cases it's well, yep, it's in the right direction, but yeah. is it 
yeah, is it enough? So there's, you know, how do you find that sort of right balance? And and I think, we, you know, we're, we're probably going to be dealing with these challenges probably forever because I don't think there always is going to be, you know, a clear um, a clear answer. And, we've, you know, we've been reading about the UK where they're pushing in legislation that would, would effectively kind of, you know, um, break what we expect of, of encrypted communications because the government is saying, well, hey, if we want to get into something that's, that's been encrypted, we need to be able to read that message. Mm. And, well, you can't have end-to-end in, in encryption. Um, mm. And so, you know, the privacy get, gets gets broken. And uh, I think Apple have been threatening to, you know, pull iMessage out of, out of the UK uh, if the government proceeds, and that will probably be the case with a you know a whole whole range of of other things, and yeah, um, yeah it's that that challenge. You, you can't please everybody, but you have to make some call on these things. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, the key thing is actually speed. You know, it's the ability to turn around decisions, ability to see what's changing, mm. um, being really connected in with industry that's making you know the, that are making these changes or companies. Um, and so that the legislation is, is or whatever governance is needed can be enacted kind of quickly mm. as well. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The, the example you've given out of the UK is is really interesting. It'll be interesting to see whether that flows through into other, into other countries as well. Yeah, we're, we're often seeing this, the same things kind of come up, but in maybe a, a different context and a slight different window of time because yeah, we were talking about this on the show maybe five years ago where Australia was, you know, um, suggesting, you know, some somewhat similar similar uh, types of things as what we're now, you know, hearing about uh, on the UK side. And, you know, I remember different commentators' you know, responses to it and would just say, well, this is ridiculous. They don't understand the technology. It's, it's impossible to do. And, you know, to a degree it is if you kind of, you know, leave the technology in place as it's as it's designed, so um, really interesting to see how it uh, how it plays out. Righty ho! Now, also on the New Zealand front, uh, I see that uh, there's a, a player in the property space here, uh, Keyhook, who have launched a little uh, a little AI uh, chatbot on their site. Put that into into beta. And uh, yeah, it's just interesting to see you know more and more organisations that are that are dabbling uh, with AI. Of course, you know chatbots have been around for you know for years, but I guess as we we get so used to you know ChatGPT mm. and and the like, it's interesting to see how how uh, local organisations are starting to apply uh, some of that technology, whether it's to just get some extra attention uh, and be sort of first to first to market with something. Or whether they're you know genuinely you know yeah, sol- solving yeah. real real problems and it and yeah. it and it does uh, does vary. Um, I did jump in to have a little bit of a look at, at what uh, Keyhook are, are doing there, and yeah, you have to go through and uh, register in order to kind of get started. So to me, that was kind of an, a, an, an immediate. Well, yeah, that's um, you know surely you could even you could even do that you know through your chatbot to to ask. Why have a whole kind of registration process? Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So to me, that's like well, that that's going to immediately reduce how many people are going to use their technology. I guess from yeah. their perspective, if everyone registers, then um, you know they've got everybody's the every, audience, everybody's yeah. you know details and a password and uh, and and so on. So that's that's mm. that's valuable to them. But it's it's from a user experience perspective, um, you know, questionable whether it's necessarily the right approach. 
Yeah, look, I think the simpler you can make um, the the process for someone to, to sign up or to join or, um, you know, so what's that balance of, you know, how how much information or um, access do you give somebody up front? Yeah, it's mm. an interesting question. Yeah. And I will say, you know, we are seeing globally, you know, AI being used a lot in the real estate space to simplify um, processes and simplify the amount of information when you think about, you know, how often people are filling out forms and how how much that information is replicated. Um, so it's definitely being used to to simplify that experience for users and really um, and make it much easier and just quicker. Yeah, so what I what I did um, throw at the AI chatbot to sort mm. of see how helpful it would be uh, after, I, after I had registered, uh, came up and said, kia ora, what would you like to learn about New Zealand tenancy laws? Um, so it's, you know, quite specific in terms of what it wants to uh, provide guidance on the example I made up was I want to leave my tenancy before the term ends. Is that okay? And it sort of basically has sort of come up with a not a not a too long detail, but it, it looks probably very very similar to what you would get out of just using ChatGPT type right. type tool. Yeah, it's mm. you know it's not it's not too uh, complicated and and so on and um, yeah quite quite easy to read. So. Yeah, good on them if that helps some people and, and it builds up uh, some extra uh, clientele, uh, then why not? And they've, they're they serving on both the perspective of someone who's a tenant um, but also someone that's in property ownership or, or, mm. or management uh, side. So, uh, yeah, really interesting. interesting. Now, on to, on to global news. It wouldn't be another week if there wasn't something from Elon Musk to oh, talk absolutely. about. Um, it's it's kind of crazy. There is there is always mm. uh, always something going on. Uh, this week, it's that Twitter is is kind of doing this this somewhat rapid uh, rebrand, and we we have been hearing about you know Twitter becoming X for for a, mm. for a little while, but yeah, it's a little bit hard to get your head around. Um, Musk's thinking at uh, at at times, but uh, this one seems to have happened very quickly. And uh, I saw somebody sharing on Twitter, or is it X? And, is yeah. it, and they, do we call them tweets now? I'm not sure. Or are they X's uh, anyway, or Z's? Um, but a, an image of the uh, the Twitter signage being pulled off the uh, building in, in San Francisco, uh, I think, right. uh, on Monday. So, uh, yeah, I saw the um, projected X on the Twitter building yes, in yeah, the night, almost yeah. like a Batman kind of mark. Right, um, that looked pretty cool. Huh? I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I think, you know, Elon Musk is amazing in that sort of, um, sort of almost stunts that have just incredible cut through from a news standpoint. So, yeah, really interesting to see what he does. And, like, again, like, I try and work out, you know, what sort of um, what sort of things that, you know, he, he could be working on or how I could see it envisioning the platform coming to life. But, you know, he's full of surprises and he'll have a master plan and I can't wait to actually see what sits behind it over mm, time. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, he uses the and, – and, and this is probably a big reason why he, he wanted to buy the platform – um, because you know he, he kind of uses it as his communication does. Uh, to to the media and and to the public. But of course, uh, you know, Twitter has always been a place where where you know media have uh, have have flocked to, uh, shall we say? Um, I don't know if we can use these sorts of uh, terms in in the future. Um, but uh, yeah, so you 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 do wonder, um, you know, whether we will see. Others that sort of end up with the same sort of uh, influence that that Musk has uh, on social media in the future. But when you think of 
you know, an entrepreneur, someone that's yeah. uh, is very wealthy, uh, someone you know that his businesses affect you know a lot of people or are of interest to a lot of people in one way or or another. Um, but there's there's nobody else you know that I can think of in the tech sector or elsewhere that just seems to be able to get that same level of attention. And even, you yeah. know, putting aside his businesses, it's just, it, it is an incredible uh, reach that he that he has through, uh, through I guess, what we're now calling uh, X. Yeah, it's kind of, I, I can't wait to see that, to really, to see how that one um, unfolds. And, you know, he is the absolute master of stunts. And, you know, I remember being, living in the US when Tesla launched and seeing them in the local, uh, the cars in the local mall, which was, just at the time seems so strange, but at the same time I remember thinking it's so brilliant, right? The malls are full of people, especially in the east coast of the US in the winter um, when it's when it's pretty cold outside. And here, you know, here's here are all the Teslas all lined up. It was uh, it's, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you 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 know, you want people to see and interact with your product, and uh, it certainly you know has been very very successful for for Apple, you know, as well having yeah. having having their stores and you know in the same you know, malls across the the US and I think that, that that's something that worked very well for, for Tesla. Uh, Microsoft not so much. They shut down all their stores after after launch. And I, and I remember being in um yeah, one particular mall that had had the Apple store, the the Tesla showroom, I think they call them, and and a Microsoft one. And um yeah, two two of those companies um it's worked very well for the other one uh not so much. So um, yeah, re- re- it'll be really interesting to see where things go as Twitter transitions to X Corp. Uh, yeah, we've heard from from Musk before around you know, hey, I had all these dreams for PayPal. They were never you know they never really uh, came off. And of course, his his entity that sort of you know merged with PayPal and became you know became PayPal. Um, you know, was originally X.com. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, here he is back with, with X.com today. And, uh, um, yeah, I think there, there will be some interesting times ahead. Uh, you know, they are starting to talk about some some possibilities of, of uh, where or what uh, Yeah, X, where and what it might become. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it is, um, it's going to be some interesting times. And uh, I'm sure... Uh, uh, X will be the place to uh, to look if you want to uh, keep up with what's, yeah, going, what's on. going on, especially uh, on Elon Musk's world. Yeah, uh, but you know, it looks like that you know they've put turned on their monetization, uh, you know, recently, which of course was something that 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 Twitter never had, uh, and there there is kind of this this potential push, and I'm. You know, I don't know who can pull it off. Is this something that Musk can pull off? But um, you know, this idea of maybe competing with YouTube as well. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, when you think of YouTube, it's it's a sort of frustrating experience if you're if you're not dropping money on a subscription because there's so much advertising, yet you end up paying so many subscriptions for all sorts of uh, things. So, mm. and of course, Twitter or X also are encouraging a subscription there. So I don't know we'll. Uh, We'll follow that and we will uh, no doubt be, be talking about Musk again at some stage within the next few weeks. I'm sure. <laughs> Just a quick one uh, that came up, you know, a few weeks back now, but it had been on the on the list, we hadn't squeezed it in, was um, this news that a former executive from Samsung has been accused of trying to clone an entire uh, chip fabrication plant um, on uh, Chinese uh, soil. So um, 
it's it's fascinating some of the sort of espionage and uh, crazy things that kind of go on with the tech sector because of the the big big amounts of money involved. And of course, we've seen variations on on that theme with people from Apple that have turned up working in another country, yeah. uh, people from Tesla and so on, and suddenly, oh, someone's got X Y Z like technology. Uh, and something's being, you know, built out of it. Um, that seems you know, pretty most incredible. Often in China, uh, yeah, yeah, it seems pretty incredible. Yeah, so these things uh, continue, um, and yeah, also on the China China front, I think we mentioned a little bit earlier, but we're hearing that China are mandating that uh, AI must follow the core values of socialism. Uh, so this was sort of the, the headline from uh, from. The verge this week, but you know they're moving. They're moving, uh, I guess, faster than most other countries in terms of uh, trying to uh, to shape, um, you know, what uh, what happens with uh, with artificial intelligence uh, within within China, and you know, of course, Great Firewall of China and all these you know other yeah. uh, things around uh, technology in China. There does tend to be. A fair level of uh, of structure around how technologies get used there, isn't there? That's going to be an interesting one, especially when you look at what's going to happen globally in the next two years. You know, the the, the, the amount of change and and the investment that's going on is just going to be so rapid. Mm, um, it'll be mm. interesting to see in in two years' time what's happening on the global stage, and then what is actually going to be available in China. Yeah, and and look, I mean, they they, they are such a big player when it comes to the they tech really sector are. and and growing. You know, so so quickly. Uh, you know, we've seen this very fast. Uh, you know, transition uh, for their role within within the automobile industry. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what the what the percentage is now in terms of the vehicles, the new vehicles coming into New Zealand, and what percentage of them are made uh, in China. But certainly, out of the electric vehicles, the the, growth, the, yeah. the two big players are Tesla, who make theirs, and in China and BYD and yeah, there's 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 others too, but uh, yeah, largely that that whole sector has has moved. And you know, five years ago, I yeah, I think there wouldn't have been too many Kiwis buying buying uh, a Chinese vehicle, but uh, um, you know, it probably won't be too long, and it would be very unusual to buy a vehicle that's made you know, yes, probably probably anywhere else. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big big changes afoot, and of course, so much of our technology that that, that already comes from China. Um, one scam I thought just worth uh, worth mentioning that um, caught caught wind of um, in in the last uh, la- last few weeks was, um, and this came through from um, a tweet, and uh, someone tweeted that their um, their Delta flight had got uh, Delta Airlines flight had got cancelled. And uh, so they went to uh, to call uh, the the phone number for the their um, uh, the Delta customer service where they were, which was JFK um, Airport, John F Kennedy Airport, New York. Uh, and so Google comes up with the the local listing for that. So they were trying to get that rather than the main you know one eight hundred number, which was absolutely. Uh, swamped, and they didn't want to be. They wouldn't, didn't want to be waiting, so they thought we'll try the local number. Mm. Um, you know, which se- seems to make sense. But scammers had basically managed to get this listing onto onto Google. So you've got this this local business listing, 
uh, with the J, you know, a JFK uh, number for Delta Airlines, um, but it certainly wasn't going through to the genuine staff. And um, interestingly, what uh, what was mentioned was this wasn't the case just for Delta. Uh, it was actually a whole uh, range of of other airlines. You know, Air Air France, I think. Um, uh, Qantas, you know, uh, a whole sort of laundry list of um, of airlines kind of you know caught up in in this, and you know, it's just a reminder that there are new scams coming along all the time, uh, and we have to really you know really pay attention. Um, it's also a reminder of how much we rely on the big uh, tech players and the likes of Google uh, to you know to really do a good job because. You know, a mistake like that, uh, it could add up to to cost consumers millions and millions of dollars in a short space of time. Yeah. Yet the downside for Google, uh, you know, in most cases from a direct financial impact, is very very low. Maybe a bit of bad press because yeah. you know a few people are uh, are talking about it. That one's incredible because you just you really trust Google as a trusted source, and it's you know to to have it uh, misrepresented or hacked in that way is, is mm, quite frightening. Mm. Um, and you know I, I know someone recently that had a similar thing when they were putting their details into what they thought was Esther to get the pass into the US. Yes, and they put it into the it was it was a it was actually a fake site. Um, and revealed their credit card details and their passport details, and it wasn't until they went back in to work, just make sure that it had been confirmed they realised that that they'd been scammed. Yeah, and and it's easy to it's easy to fall for those things when you know when you're in a hurry yeah. or you know just not paying attention, and and that's probably all of us at one point or or another. So mm, um, yeah, but uh, something we have to keep educating uh, folks on and and trying to minimise those risks. Um, and one more thing is Microsoft 365. They've they've announced their uh, Copilot uh, product now, which is the the AI assistant for, uh, I guess, to work with the the Office uh, applications. And so, yeah, you can get the AI to draft up your proposal or you know prepare prepare a PowerPoint for you and and whatnot. Uh, so that's coming through. The interesting thing is the pricing. So uh, landing at uh, US thirty dollars, which on on current exchange rates would be uh, forty eight New Zealand dollars, excluding uh, excluding GST. Um, and I think there's going to be probably a range of perspectives here because there were some people that just thought, oh, it's just another feature for you know for mm-hmm. Office. It's all going to kind of be built into your three six five existing subscription. It's not going to cost me a cent. Looking forward to the matting it. Um, other people saying, well, they could kind of charge what they what they like, which was one of the discussions I've I've thrown out with a few folks in terms of, well, if this is going to save you a huge amount of time or allow you to get much much better results, um, then you know that's sort of the the sort of thing that that a technology company can, uh, you know, think about and what it's worth and 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 land on a figure that's at the higher end, and you know, I guess. Um, one of the figures I threw out there was, look, they could do this at a hundred, you know, hundred dollars a month, and there would still be people that would buy that it. That would still buy it. Um, yeah. What they've got to sort of weigh up is how much of this is going to, you know, create, you know, frustration and have people not bothering to sign up and 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 so on. Um, so yeah, it's it's certainly uh, at the at the, probably the higher end, I think, of of maybe what a lot of a lot of folks were expecting. Um, because mm-hmm. there'll, there'll be a lot of organisations that aren't actually spending 
at that level on their existing Microsoft 365. So, you know, they might be paying more for the co-pilot capability uh, than for the software. But you know, if it delivers the productivity uh, mm. results, then, you know, I think people will be signing up. Yeah, and it would depend on how good it is as well. That's true, but, so uh, true. It's yeah. interesting to see lots of companies that are putting in, you know, obviously rules in place around how these types of tools are used, but, you know, how does that change when it's Microsoft? Yeah, um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that landscape. Yeah. yeah, and look, there's, you know, there's a bit more behind the scenes as the sort of Bing, you know, Bing, um, you know, chat for enterprise yeah, and uh, so on. So there's a few more pieces to the to the, to the the puzzle. We won't delve into that today um, because I want to hear about realestate.co.nz and what you've been, what you've been up to, Sarah. Oh. Um, yeah, it sounds like uh, you've, you've had really a lot a lot going on since you since you joined the business about yeah. 4 years ago um, so walk us through you know that journey and what you know what drew you to uh, you know to join realestate.co.nz and kind of what you'd been up to before that cuz you've spent you know a chunk of time outside New Zealand and yeah. in the US of course and and, yeah. and time working on varying things here. So um, yeah, like my, my background uh, was originally in marketing, and then it sort of moved into operations. Um, I worked over in the US. Um, we were based there for seven years, and I have to say that's shaped a lot of how I think now. I, th- um, you know, and you know, one thing that people sort of say to me, you know, what was it like working over there? And it was, and while it was, you know, it was brilliant in lots of ways. The thing that I learned the most was actually just the breadth of their thinking. So they really. They think extremely wide without the restrictions and, you know, it's something that I try really hard to get my team to do, which is, yes, you know, you might have restricted budget on this, but actually let's just start with, you know, what is possible um, and really, you know, and then we can resolve the budget piece later or, or resolve how we do it later. And I think that that's something that Kiwis are really good at doing. Um, so just sort of that mix. Um, I was I worked for NZME, so I was in uh, Digital Ventures there. And then I came across to realestate.co um, Really, because it was a great challenge to change a product, and you know, it's um, it's it's the site itself predates Google, so it's been around for a long time. Um, it's really loved by Kiwis, and it was really um, a chance to to change something and rebuild the tech and change yep. the experience for property searches. Yeah. So yeah, what what state was the business at in terms of size and scale and and so on and and you know yeah. what are the things that have you know th- that have changed over that. Uh, over that period of time? So I'll say, you know, four years ago, there were 24 of us and sort of six in total in product and development. So it's pretty Mm. small. Mm. Um, Mm. And now that's, you know, the total team sits over 60. Um, So we have, you know, we've really invested in that um, product and tech space. And, you know, we've rebuilt um, our sort of core technology. We've rebuilt the front-end site. Um, We've rebuilt our mobile app. um, And we've just added in just a lot of capability around, you know, how do we manage customers? How do we manage um, sort of data and big data sets? Um, You know, how do we add information? How do we really refine that experience for consumers that are searching? Yeah, oh, that's good. And um, a lot of people will be possibly more familiar with Trade Me from a sort of, you know, property perspective. So, you know, how do you deal with that? That, And and Trade Me has kind of changed and and evolved been slowly kind of dropping down the you know from an importance perspective as a yeah. you know as a tool in New Zealand sort of so, so, so what I'd say is that you know we are a real specialist destination mm-hmm. so you only come mm-hmm. to us to search for property yeah and you know our focus has been entirely on search you know so coming to site what's that experience look like how do we serve how do we serve that information 
Um, how do we get, you know, what are the tools and things that we need to to create a better experience? Like you're only transacting property on average in New Zealand about every six and a half years. Mm. So people are prepared to put up with a high level of pain for that transaction. Um, but at the same time, it's also an enormously stressful time. And so we can make it a really great experience by mm. um, making it easy for people to find that that place that they love and and also s- serving them content that they might, you know, that they might not necessarily be looking for, but it sits within that parameter. Mm. You know, mm. the example I use is, you know, we have a, a carousel that sits on the top of our search results page. You know, I was looking in one area and, and I actually saw a property in the neighbouring suburb that came up as part of that. And we, we looked very, very closely and it was just that same, you know, that idea you get quite focused on, I want to live in this suburb and I search the suburb, mm. but actually two streets over is another suburb that has the, the perfect property that's that sits um, within that range. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what you can share on sort of, you know, what, what, What's been happening for you, sort of, you know, traffic-wise and so on, with all of the things that that you're doing? Yeah, so we've had some, like, we've had some really good um, pickups in our traffic, and and certainly in the mobile app space. So we've had a forty percent growth in our mobile app traffic. Oh wow! In the last year, yeah, which is incredible. So a huge amount of work um, has gone into that, obviously, and you know, just people are more likely to inquire on a property through a mobile app. They want that that sort of access in their pocket. Um, so that's been really important. Uh, you might have seen, you know, we've recently just um, released an AI tool. So we're using that to pull out floor plans that often get fed through to our site and as an image, as a, a, as a photograph of a house. Yep. So the AI tool is actually pulling that out and pulling it under a separate floor tab on the site. You know, we know that the key things that people are wanting to know is, you know, essentially what do we, what, what do we think a property will sell for? Mm. They're interested in price, and the second one is they're interested in floor plans. But it's actually, you know, the number of listings that have floor plans on is actually quite low. So this is a great way um, of actually pulling it out, making it a real feature and accessible. So you basically, you just you go through what what you've got access to in terms of imagery, and you're able to, you know, yeah, there's an, and it's find an, an AI tool that actually just can identify them and, and pulls them out separately. Yeah. So, you know, we're looking at lots of um, different AI sort of solutions and things that they can do for our business. And the other one that we're working on at the moment is from a sort of business operation standpoint, we have a lot of listing content that comes in and we have um, upgrades obviously on our site where people are advertising with us. And so, you know, we have, um, we're in the process of training up, you know, our little AI robot, um, which is going to basically pull a listing out and pull out that booking, do the booking, email the customer, and then, you know, if the, if the listing hasn't gone live, then it will actually follow back up with the customer. So it actually takes a whole lot of work that's done, you know, manually by somebody who's manually going through and making all of these actions happen. And it just, it does it automatically. And it actually, it's going to just streamline our the operational side of our business, which is so critical. Someone sort of said to me, oh, does that mean you're going to reduce staff? Well, no, it actually doesn't. In this instance, it actually means that, our staff can focus on, you know, a higher value interaction and add value to our to our customers, not just um, be there, you know, working through bookings or or fixing up um, listings or or things that haven't gone right. Yep. You know, what's been the process to you know bring in AI to really you know decide what to what to focus on? Mm. Because you know, when when you're developing websites, mobile apps, anything you know, technology wise, yeah. you know, there's always so many different directions and things you can. It's you a great can question. Focus on. So we always start with what a problem we're trying to solve, and you know, so everybody be really clear on what the why is, and and with the you know the operational 
piece that I talked about before, it was actually, you know, how do we streamline this and speed it up? And how do we create, you know, the best customer experience back to to our agents that are, that are working with us. So it sits in, in that direction. In the same way with the floor plans, you know, we knew the floor plans were an issue. Um, it was something that our user researcher told us that consumers were looking for. And, you know, they don't want to flick through 30 photos to find that floor plan. They want to be able to access it. So we start with what problem we're trying to solve and then the technology is how we, how we solve that problem. Um, we don't start with technology first. And what is the makeup of your team now? What does that sort of look like in terms of the different things you've got people focused on? So we have uh, we have a, a pretty decent sales team now. Um, is is probably the key thing. So we've got over um, over fifteen in our sales team. Um, we've got a pretty decent development and product team. So that'd be sort of twenty plus. Um, we have a lot of in house marketing capabilities. So really, we really focus on um, how do we drive customer engagement. What does that look like? What's the communication we're sending? You know, how personalised can we get? Um, and you know we have we have expertise in sort of marketing, especially in that digital space and engagement and email. Um, so those are kind of the, the biggest chunks. Um, then obviously we have a lot of other teams that support the business, which is in customer service and uh, and data. So you know we we're very lucky actually. We have um, we have someone who's been very um, ruthless with the management of our data. So we have 15 years of very structured data and mm-hmm. I think it um, it will set us in good stead going forward just because we, we record things in the same way and have done for a long time. We store it in, a, in an optimal way, um, which, you know, when you look at what's happening now in the world and people go, oh, I need to organise my data, like actually somebody had the vision of that a long time ago um, and we've been we're lucky. It's an yeah, asset for us. Beneficiary of some good, good work that's yeah. gone on there. <laughs> That's that's excellent. And in terms of sort of the you know the capabilities, one of the things that we've got used to in in recent years is you can just jump on a website and and get a you know evaluation for yeah. you know whether it's your own property or, or one that you're looking at and so on. That's obviously part of the part of the mix. Absolutely. Um, what are the other you know sorts of things that that people yeah. are coming? Uh, to realestate.co.nz for and that are maybe newer capabilities or things that yes um, so we we've, we've done um, we've, there's a few things you know the data part of it is is interesting people will know what valuation is we have a lot of trend data around insights for suburbs and I think that's really interesting as well because you can see the sold price and you can see the ask average asking price mm, and mm. It, it trends over time and I think that to look at a data point without that broader context going back to my comment around the 15 years of data mm, um, mm. you know that that's helpful right because we've got that trend information and um, so you can actually see at the moment when the market's moving has been moving more slowly um, but looks to be to be picking up and you can see the difference between what what is the average asking price versus actually what is sold can you actually give you real-time insights around we you know what what perceptions of um, of value sit in that suburb and on that page it's a market insights page you can also filter it by bedrooms and so it actually you can get pretty specific. So I think, I think that's really helpful. Um, we also launched instant notifications. So the moment a property lists, you can sign up and have it either sent to you as a push notification to through mobile app. Um, it comes into the front of your phone as a notification or on email. And so, you know, again, as the market picks up, as we head into spring, you know, people want to know, um, especially if you're looking at closing on a property or putting an offer on a property, um, you know, you want to know the moment a property is listed. And I think that's a really fantastic feature, especially when it's in push. Mm. 
what's what's the ownership of real estate.co.nz these days? It didn't used to start out as part of the Real Estate Institute. It is, it is, yeah, it is, is it still, still un- yeah. under that. So because yeah. there's going to be ups and downs within the sector, aren't there, that are, that are quite natural cycles yeah. and, and, and so on. And I guess there'll be, you know, some that would, you know, that are involved in real estate that are going to really sort of struggle when the market's down and obviously, you know, do better when when, yeah. when it's up, how you impacted by those things. So the market definitely has been challenging the last three months. The mm. listing stock is down um, and, yes, we are industry-owned um, and, you know, it is challenging when listings, especially when you've got lower new listings, um, plus you've got the closing element. So so we are seeing, yeah, look, it has been really challenging and it is it is cyclical, and ev- you know, even throughout the, the year. What we've noticed in the last month, which has been really unusual, in the, in the depths of winter, you actually usually have your activity reduced on a site um, seasonally, but, you know, we've actually seen a pickup in the activity. So inquiries, which is a key metric of engagement for us, you know, they're up 17% for June versus last year. Um, so that's kind of showing you there's some some increased activity happening. So yeah, look, it is it's interesting, but you know, again, it will spring happens. People still need to sell. They have to buy and sell for any range of reasons, and you know, people have been. Um, I think there's been you know people holding off buying and selling, and you know, I think that that will that will change as well as um, as the market moves. Mm. Getting back to that sort of valuation, uh, you know, side of of what you do. Yes, um, I think that is often kind of quite a common touch point for property owners, particularly you know, interest rates are up, and they're like, well, what's you know, how's my investment uh, yeah. doing? And you know, I, I guess I've looked at these things with with um, you know, buying and selling property over the over the years. And um, you know, the, the, I guess it was sort of homes.co.nz that sort of really came in with their, you know, free service and yeah. initially um, offering that. There does seem to be a fair bit of uh, you know variance between you know where you go uh, to get those numbers. How do you, you know, how do you kind of um, you know work to get numbers that yeah. can can so, be as accurate as as possible? And you know, how do you keep improving yeah. that, or are you using somebody outside to handle those those? That side of it. So our estimated property value um, tool comes from Ryan's, and um, okay. you know what I would say about it, it has a unique data set because it includes unsettled data. So mm. that is someone signed an agreement and they haven't actually gone through the final settlement, and so because that data um, at an aggregated total aggregate level is included in there it will move more quickly with a trend. So if you think about average settlement time being, say, two to three months, mm. um, it, it will actually show you at the moment, you know, as the market's moving, it will give you a sense because it has that data's coming through more more quickly. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. And, we, you know, we're very careful to not put estimates on properties where the, the sort of information we feel doesn't meet the right mark um, in terms of accuracy. Right. So it might so you be can on, put some things in place that sort of say, well, we haven't had enough sales in this year. We don't have enough yeah, we, data points to yeah. to to be confident around. Yeah, we have numbers. an accuracy rating. If it doesn't hit that, then it doesn't go on the on the mm. listing. Mm. But in, in saying that, you know, it, it's also a guide too. So there there are lots of things that can um, affect a property value that you know in between sales and between what's sold around them as well. So you know, people mm. need to see it as as a guide. But it's you know, it's coming through a. No matter what site you use, it's coming through um, an automated 
sort of solution yeah. in most instances. And are there others that have access to that unsettled kind of information? No, that's as well, actually so just that's something that unique. Ryan's have. Yeah, that's yeah, something that Ryan's yeah. have. Okay, um, yeah. which is Real Estate Institute, right? That's right, yeah. Real Estate yeah. Institute of New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. Yeah. No, I was just, I thought, yeah, that that's quite quite an interesting thing because that means you're getting access to much, you know, fresher mm. uh, data than others. So it's yeah. quite quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. I guess there's a there's a whole lot of maths that goes on behind the scenes to try and you know yeah they're keep, pretty complex keep, models keep improving <laughs> that sort of stuff and uh, yeah absolutely yeah I guess comparing when something sells you know I guess you can compare it solve for that our estimate was this what does that tell us and, yeah yeah absolutely and so on. Yeah, yeah so yeah. so it was it's a work in progress yeah oh that's that's really interesting um, anything else we should cover off before we uh, before we finish up Sarah. I think that probably covers it. Um, I, you know, I want to say that it's it's been exciting to, to to work on the business over the last four years and to make such change. Um, it's been great to sit here today and just hear about what's happening and talk about what's happening globally. Um, and I think that there is a lot of inspiration that can be drawn from other countries, other industries, you know, and, and actually look at how do we do this in New Zealand. Um, New Zealand might be small, but, man, we're innovative. And I think about the things that my team come up with, um, and I think, oh, there's no way we could do that. Um, you know, that's something that I expected a big global portal to do. But actually, you know, they, they really think it through and they, and they work out a way to do it. And I love that about the Kiwi the spirit and the way that they think. And um, it's, sort of, it's just really exciting to be part of that. Yeah, there there are so many possibilities in New Zealand, as you talked about before. You know, uh, very creative thinkers, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, you know see where we go from here. So yeah, all all the best of uh, luck with with what's next. Um, actually, one little question I'll throw in, and it's just it's probably a personal interest thing of mine. Um, but when we talked about Twitter becoming X dot com. Um, what I liked about that is, is it's a shorter domain name, so it's a um, <laughs> it's an easier thing to type in, which translates to the, this question, which is, why aren't you real estate dot nz? Are you is that uh, is that domain name not uh, not something you can get your hands on? Mm, it's a great question. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head as okay. what the answer is, right. but we That's we could okay. do. You're right. It would it would take out an extra three. When, it, when I looked it up online, it looked as though it was kind of blocked and, and unavailable. So maybe a, a bit of um, mixed ownership across some of the other yeah. NZ um, yeah, real estate uh, domains there. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do know there's a couple of URLs that are also owned out of Australia for the okay. New Zealand market. Okay, yeah, interesting. All right, well, it's been uh, fabulous to uh, to have you on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Sarah, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, and thank you, of course, to our show partners, 1NZ, 2 Degrees, Spark, HP and Gorilla Technology. And thank you for listening in, and we'll be back again next week with another episode. All right, see you then. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.